Good morning, everyone. Hope you have a wonderful day. We continue, we left off. We're in the sixth chapter in Babakama, Mishnah 61a. Down the page. The, uh, we dedicate this class, our brothers, sisters, the Holy Land, especially those on the front line. May all the wounded have a full and speedy recovery. All the hostages return home safely. We're talking about fire, light of fire in your own backyard, in your own house, in your own property. And then the fire passed, and it crossed. There was a wall separating between you and your neighbor. And the fire went over the wall, and the wall was a height of four ames, like a little more than six feet. And then it did damage to your neighbor's house, property. Or it passed the street. Your neighbor's on the other side of the street. Cross the street, and the fire passed from your house over the street. Or, or it passed, it was a river separating the two. Then, Pata, then you're exempt. Can't be held liable. There was a separation, there was a wall, there was water, there was a street, public street. A street is at least 16 amas, which is 20, over, over 24 feet wide separation between you and your neighbors. So, so therefore, it's not something you take into account and you could be held responsible that your fire crossed the line and, and, and entered into your neighbor's property and did damage. That's the mission. You are liable, even though there was a wall separating to you and the neighbor. You lit a fire in your in your domain, in your property, and the fire crossed the wall. You are liable for the damage. So I'm gonna pop answers. Ton is on our mission. Our time. Not arguing, they're both saying the same thing, but they're coming at it from a different angle. Our Thomas is starting from the top down. So if there's a wall that's Sheisham, six Ams, Potter, you're exempt. Ams, five Ams, you're exempt. up until four Ams, you're exempt. Anything lower is not considered a sufficient uh, partition, and therefore you're liable for any damage. The outside Braisa, the, the Braisa that we've just quoted, is talking about Matl and Maila. If the wall is two Amas high, you're liable. Shalot Amas high, Ad Arba Amas high, till four Amas. When he says, Gather Shugavoy Arba Amas means gather a wall up until four Amas high. It's less than four Amas. The Mishnah is saying anything that's more than four Amas and more, you're liable. You're exempt. And the, the, the Brais is saying anything up until four Amas Yichai. Is our mission when he says Dalad Amas, it means Adva Adva Chal, including Dalad Amas. If it's great, higher, taller than four Amas, six Amas, five Amas, up until and including four Amas. Anything less, you're liable. The other Tanah the Brais says Adva Loy Adva Chal. When he says four Amas, it means up until four Amas, excluding four Amas. Up until not four Amas. If it's four Amas, then you're exempt. But up until any point less, if it's a, mi- a little less than four Amas, you're liable. So luckily they're both saying the same thing. Amar Rav says, Dalad Amar Shamra the Potter, Afilu Bistekaitz. When it says, and if there's a wall separating between the two properties, it's four amas, a little more than six feet tall, 
Even if it's a field of thorns, which is which the fire spreads like wildfire. Once it grabs onto thorns, it has something to burn. Even then, you're exempt. Amar Papa adds, he says, only misvas. Misvas kesem l'maylo shalabamis. If the wall is four ames above, the entire wall is four ames above the kaitzim, not four ames from the ground, from the earth. No, if the if the field is full of thorns, it has to be four ames. The wall has to be above the top of the thorns. So if, the, so if there's a, a separation of four ames, even if it's a field of kaitzim and the fire spreads very quickly, grabs on. The wall should be sufficient to keep the fire out of your neighbor. And if it goes ahead and leaps over the wall, then you're not responsible. Our mission was only learned in a case. A fire that's jumping up. But a fire that the wind is blowing to the side, to all sides. The wind is blowing, the wind can overcome the, the wind will blow it and blow it over the wall. So even if a wall is 100 amma, 100, over 150 feet tall, you're opinion. Shmuel Shmuel says, no, listen. It says, is. Is talking about if it's a fire that the wind is blowing, then the then the four four armor wall is sufficient to block it. A fire that's jumping up, it's not going to the side, it's not being blown. It's just on its spot, but it's going up. Fire goes up. It doesn't travel horizontally, it goes vertically, it goes up. In that case, I feel a culture pottery. Any wall is enough of a separation. Because the fire is not, you can't anticipate the fire is going to cross the boundary and reach your neighbor. The fire is going up, not to the sideways. It's only if there's a wind and the wind is blowing it sideways. So it's moving it to the direction of your neighbor. That's what the Mishnah says. As long as I have a wall of four Amas, it's okay. And Rav argues. Rav says no. Exactly. Rav says no. If it's a fire that goes up, then four amas enough. And if the wind is blowing, no wall is tall enough, then you're responsible for any damage. When do we say that if there's a road separating, there's a street which is 24 feet, a little more than 24 feet, 16 amas? Separating between you and your neighbor and the fire cross that you're exempt only when the fire is going up. The fire is being blown by the wind and the hates him. There's wood that, that the fire grabs a hold of the wood and therefore will start spreading. Even if it's a hundred mil, not only a hundred amas, a hundred mil, a mil is two thousand amas. So a hundred mil is 
200,000 feet, uh, 200,000 numbers, 300,000 feet. That's, that's five, six miles. Even if it's five, six miles away, you're liable. If there's a water, if there's a river separating, or shlulis, or water, a puddle of water, that's wide, eight amas, which is 12 feet. So we see that this halach, it says in our mission, if it passes a public street is exempt, it's only if it's kalachas. So, so to the beginning of the mission is also true. And in the case of kalacha, that's when the mission says that four amas, you're exempt, if it goes up. But if... If the wind is blowing, then, then even if the wall is a hundred amma, you're liable. It says in the Mishnah, that if it passed the street and does damage your exam, Manton, who is the opinion? Who's Tana holds of this opinion? In other words, it doesn't have to be a street. It means if it's the width of a street. If there's a separation between you and your friend that's 60 nama, 24 feet, it's, it's enough of a separation if you're not liable if the fire crosses it and does damage you. Who is of this opinion? It's opinion of We're going to learn it soon in the next Mishnah. How far, how far away does the fire have to be that if you say that you're exempt, if it reaches a certain distance, you're exempt. Well, as it says, if the, um, the distance, the width of a street, of a public street, which is 16 amma, 24 feet, which you learn from the, from the midbar, from the wagons in the, in the desert, 16 feet, then you're exempt. So that's the opinion of that's, that's what it says in our Mishnah. There was a, a distance in you and your neighbor, the amount, of, the width of a, of a public thoroughfare, then you're exempt. It says now Mishnah in of or if there's a river separating until you're exempt. Rab says, nor mamish, meaning if there's a river, literally. Shmuel Amr Shmuel says, Adisa Dilloi. No, he's talking about a ditch. A ditch with water, a little ditch. Which, you know, which you use to an irrigation canal. To use to irrigate the fields. Sigmar explains. What's the argument? Man, the Amr Rabu says, Nor Mamr is talking about a river. Avgav Lekamaya. What he's saying is, even though there's no water in the river. But since it's wide, the river is wide. So even if there's no water, it's enough of a distance to create a barrier. So if we exempt if the fire crosses and does that. Manda Meshmul says, We're talking about a, a, an irrigation canal. So if it has water in, if there's no water in this, in this canal, it's not wide enough. It's not wide enough. There's a difference between a road, a, a, a distance, we said there has to be 60 numbers. But a nor, we learned, the Braises said, if it's 8 amas wide, it's enough. 
Right, so Nechvefes, according to one version, it's not because the wind blows it across, but the wind bends it down. So usually fire by nature goes up, but here it bends it down, it'll grab hold of anything anything that's on the ground and will cause it to move. Um, but the reason why a river, you only need eight amas, as the Braise said, is because, we learned earlier, is because it's deep. So even if it's dry, since it's deep, therefore even eight amas, 12, 12 feet, uh, is enough to separate the fire of you and your neighbor. <coughs> but in the case of a road, which is surface, that you need 16 amas, 24 feet. Okay. So Rabbi Shmuel, just explaining the different interpretations of the Mishnah, but they're not arguing necessarily in Allah, just talking about two different scenarios. If it's a river, or even if it's dry, the riverbed is dry, it's enough of a separation, versus if it's an irrigation canal, which is smaller, it's only if there's water in there. The mother says, Nan Hasam, we learned in the Mishnah and tracted Payam regarding the laws of Payam. You have to leave the edge of your field, you have to leave for the poor. So it says, What's considered one field and what's considered two separate fields? You have to leave the each field is considered separate, you have to leave the edge of each field separately. What separates a field? That's what the mission is here discussing. It says, we make it to consider it two separate fields. Hanachal. Yeah. Yeah. Hanachal, the river. Ashlul is a puddle of water. But then a chayachit, if there's a private, uh, a private road, a personal road, uh, a street, which is only four amas wide, um, a path. Of course, if there's a public road, which is 16 amas wide, 24 feet wide. So if that passes the middle of the field, then it separates the fields. It's considered like two separate fields. So you have to give more pay, separate pay of each field. It's not enough to do one. I guess I could do one for the whole field. No, I have to do two separate payers, one for this field and one for that field. So my shul is what? <laughs> it's definitely, definitely uh, more than twenty-four feet. My shul is what shul is? Some of you, the mishmuel, a puddle. You know, when it rains, it creates a puddle. Abibi Amar Abi Echnan. Abibi says name of Abi Echnan. That shul is is Amazamayim. It's a canal, an irrigation canal, a ditch. That it 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 it, it divides, it it's distributes, it distributes mechalekes, its wealth, like a pet to both sides. The irrigation canal waters both sides of the canal of the irrigation canal. It waters the fields on both sides, so it spoils like its wealth. It, it distributes its wealth, its water to both sides. Okay, so you explain. Man, who says that is a puddle from the rain. How much more so? How much more so? If a puddle separates the two, if there's a puddle running in the middle of the field, we consider it like two separate fields, and you have to give payer from one, both fields, double payer from both fields. How much more so if there's an irrigation canal running across the whole middle of the field? It's two separate fields. Says, the is an irrigation canal. 
Only that separates the field. When it rains, rains heavily, and there's a puddle, that's not that does not enough to be considered two separate fields. Why? The Hanu, the that we continue on side B, 61B, Bagni, the Adamikri. They're called the pits of the, of, the, of, the, of the land. It's part of the field. It doesn't make it two separate fields. You have in the land, in one field, you have certain areas where you have pits of water. The next mission, if you light a fire in your, in your own property, but you didn't watch it properly at Kambo, at Lake. How, what distance are you liable? Like how, how much of a distance will the fire travel and it's still liable? If it does damage to your friend's property. We look at the place where he lit the fire as if it's in the middle of a base court. Base court is like 274 amma by 274 amma. It's like it's like uh, 415 feet by 415 feet, you know, something like that. So, so it's as if you're you're standing in the middle of this this area. So. You know, like a uh, middle of an area that's 200 feet on every side, plus. Yeah, I understand that. So it, if so that's that's how that's the distance that the fire can travel. If you were here, if the fire can travel till the end, till let's say from wherever where where you're standing, let's say uh, 200 and something uh, feet. You know, and if the fire goes beyond that, then you're not liable. Abelazer says, what we quoted earlier. Our mission earlier, if there's a distance of 16, uh, 16 amas, 24 feet, and the fire crosses that distance, you're exempt. Abelazer says, 50 am. Travel 75 feet, a more 75 feet. Beyond that, you're exempt. Abelazer says, it says in the Pasuk, Shalom, Mishalom, Amavis, Abeira, Shahakel, Fihat, Lake. It all depends. Depends what kind of fire. Speak to firefighters, you know, forest fighters, forest fighters. Every fire is different. It doesn't matter if it's close, if it's far. It all depends on the situation. What kind of fire it was. No, so he says you have to you have to pay for everything. Any fire, no matter how far it goes, you have to pay. Far or close. Shimon says, Shalom Taylor says you have to pay. Any fire that you make, you have to pay. Okay, that's the Mishnah. Your mother asks, You're saying that Shimon there's no there's no distance, no matter how far. I'm lighting a fire in California, reaches New York, I'm going to pay. But now, nah, we learn the Mishnah, you're not allowed to place in your own house. You can't put an oven in your own house. There has to be a distance. 
between your, your oven and the roof, the ceiling of six feet, four amps. Otherwise, you're going to do damage to your neighbor above. Or you're going to cause a fire. The fire will, will, will uh, from the heat, from the oven, the fire will, will grab hold of the, of the walls of the house, of the ceiling. In Abraham, if he placed the tunnel, if he put the, the oven on the second floor, so we can actually, so again, the one on the bottom floor can stop him unless there has to be mazev, there has to be like a base, a separation between the floor and the tunnel. You have to put the tunnel not directly on the floor. You have to put it on like a, a base. It's made of a, uh, made of plaster or something. It has to be a thick. The base has to be thick. More than nine inches. Then the house is protected. Will be kidra if you want to put a kidra which is smaller than an oven. So then you can stop tefach. As long as you have a tefach, it's sitting on a base. That's a tefach that's three inches high. And if, if he went ahead, even if he did all these things, he put it on the base, he, he made a distance between his oven and the floor and the ceiling, six feet. But if at the end of the day, Hezik, it caused a fire and did damage, he has to pay. That's the opinion of the Tanakam. Shimon argues, Shimon says, all these measurements, four amas, three tvachim, one tefah, is only Allah. Why are you giving him all these shiurim? Because if you're giving him, if he does the right thing, you're giving him a code. This is the code. If you follow the code, then you're exempt. You're telling me I'm following the code, you're making all these restrictions, and if, but if anything happens, I'm still responsible. No, that's not the way it works. So you see, according to Rabbi Shimon, distance does help. So he contradicts himself. Here he says that there's no distance. Fire, any damage that's caused by the fire, no matter how distant, you're liable. What he means is, He's not saying that no matter what, there's no such thing as distance. He says, yes. He says, but every fire is different. There's a fire that you know, anyone who does forest fires knows. There's fires that jump and leap and go one minute. They, go, they leap miles. There's fires that go nowhere. Every fire is different. You have to, it depends on the fire. He says he can't give a general rule. Depending on the fire and, and what's to be expected from this fire, that's what you're liable for. He's not saying unconditionally there's no such thing as distance. It comes to fire. Rabbi Yisuf, Rabbi Yisuf says, "I'm Rabbi Huda, name of Rabbi Huda. I'm Shmuel, name of Shmuel. Halachik Rabbi Shimon. The law follows Rabbi Shimon. And I'm Rabbi Nachman Shmuel. Nachman also said the name of Rabbi Shmuel. Halachik Rabbi Shimon. This aspect, the law follows Rabbi Shimon. That every fire depends how high the fire is. But the other aspect, when it says if two neighbors are upstairs and downstairs." When you make an oven or a kira, how much you have to have all these limitations and restrictions, if you follow it, then even though you follow it, you're still liable. Not like Rav says, what's the point of making all these codes if, you, even if you're liable no matter what? He says, no, you have to do these codes as a protection, but if, if it, at the end of the day it does damage, you're liable. Next mission. Next mission. You lit up 
a pile of, of, of grain, your neighbor. So you lit a fire and the fire caused the grain, the pile to, to burn. Or you buy kalim and inside the pile there were vessel utensils. And they burned. You're liable for all the damage that you've done, not only the exposed part, even the hidden part. Rabbi say, no, you only pay for what was exposed, not for what was buried inside or hidden inside. Mishnah continues, there was a kid, the goat, it was tied up next to the fire. And there was a slave, a Canaanite slave, who was next to the fire, and they got burned with it. You're liable. What he means is, you're chayiv for the, for the goat that burnt. You burnt the goat to death. And we learned, remember, we learned, ayakama means anything that stands, not only wheat or barley or grain anything that stands including the animal including the tree and even though the, 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 the Canaanite slave burned to death but he wasn't tied down he could have saved himself I'm not responsible for his death I don't have to pay for his death I didn't kill him you're not allowed to kill a, if you kill a, slave, a Canaanite slave you get the death penalty but you don't you don't, you don't um, I didn't kill him he could have run away so therefore, I have to pay. I don't pay for the slave, but I pay for the for the goat and for the and for the grain. If, however, the slave was tied up, Evet Kafuzlay. If the slave was tied up, and he was trapped, and the fire burnt him, and the goat was next to him, then you're exempt. Why? Because Kim Since I killed, I killed. I took a life. And he was trapped. He couldn't escape. He was bound. And I burned him. To, uh, I caused him to die. So therefore, whenever there's a death penalty, you exempt from any payments. And the, 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 the goat, it doesn't matter it was tied or wasn't tied. Either way, it doesn't matter. You're, you're, but here you're exact, you don't pay for anything not for the goat not for the for the for the grain for the wheat or the barley others say what he's saying is if if the slave was tied or or separate case a different case if the goat was next to it but wasn't tied and then it burned potter because an animal could protect itself an animal has enough consciousness sensuousness and consciousness to to protect itself, self-preservation. So why didn't it run away? So I'm not responsible for the fact that it got burned. When do we say you're liable if you burn an animal? If I take a fire, a coal, and put it right on top of the animal, he can't protect himself. But if I lit a fire in my backyard and the fire spread, and, and so why didn't the goat run away? I didn't stop the goat. The goat wasn't handcuffed or tied up. So therefore, I'm exempt. If you light, if you light a palace, you light a ho- you light a house, high some fire, arson, and everything got burned. All the furniture, everything got burned. You have to pay for everything. Because this is normal. A house has furniture. 
when do we say that anything that's not exposed it's, it's like a, a silo, a grain, a pile of grain. Because it's not normal. People don't hide utensils in the middle of a silo of grain or, or valuable things. So therefore the Torah exempts them. But you can't say only the house that's exposed, nothing that was inside. All the furnace that's inside don't pay. No, it's ridiculous. Of course, the house, that's normal. The house had everything that's inside, that's in the container in the house, you're liable to pay. There, there's no argument. That's the mission. Talk to him about I'm an Afghan, and Afghan said, Machlaik is madly with The argument in Nabihud and the rabbis is only if you lit a fire in your property. And the fire spread and went and reached your friend's property and it burnt, burnt the, the, the pile of grain and everything that was buried inside. Then the argument. Rabbi Huda says you lie. You have to pay for everything, all the damage that you caused. And the rabbi says you're exempt. But if you light the fire in your friend's house, you're an arsonist. You go to your friend and you light a fire. Everyone holds you have to pay even for what's not exposed, even what's hidden. Even the rabbis will agree. If that's the case, why does the Mishnah conclude? Why does he conclude that the rabbis, he's giving us a case where the rabbis agree with Rabbi Yehuda? That if you lie at a house, you have to pay everything that's in the house. Not only what's exposed, the outside of the house, the house itself, anything that's inside, you have to pay. Because that's normal. It's not normal for people to hide things in, 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 in the pile of grain. But it's normal, your house should be fully furnished. <coughs> so you should have said even something more novel. According to Yudav Khan, the mission should have said, when do we say that if you hide something in the pile of grain, which is not normal for people to hide your exam? When do the rabbis say your exam? If you lit a fire in your own property and the fire spread to your friends. If you light the fire in your friend, you're an arsonist and you light it in his house, you light it directly. Which is a bigger novelty that even though people, it's not normal for people to hide utensils in the middle of a pile of grain, of wheat, or barley, nevertheless, you're liable. Ella rather, disagrees with Afghan. The rabbis argue in both cases. They argue in that case. They also argue even if you light. They also argue if you light and you directly an arsonist, you light you light the fire in your friend's property. You pay for everything, even if there's a wallet there. And you burnt the wallet and all the money, you have to pay for that also. But Abundant Savri, Rabbi say, no, in such a case you are liable for more things. But what? Kalim. Only for utensils, which is normal to hide in a pile of grain. Kugoyin, for example. Medigin are things which you use to thresh. The animal... The animal uh, pulls it and it threshes the grain to separate the, the grain from the, the shaft from the wheat. Uklea bakar and the uh, the utensils that the uh, the cattle use to plow the field. So that that's normal. That's 
these are utensils which are found in a field. So it makes sense that it's inside, it's buried there in the, in the what? Yeah, no, he, doesn't, he uses examples of medigan and clay bucket. Things that you use to thresh and things that you use to plow. No, no. No, no, no. That, that's winnowing. That's something else. But he's giving examples. Maybe pitchfork is probably the same thing. You know, anything that you use. But the field, it makes sense. So those kalim, you're liable. Mshal. Kalim, Shein, Dark, Lahatim are things that are totally unexpected. Things that are totally no normal person, same person, hides his wallet in the middle of a pile of grain of... So therefore, we got Mesham, then you wouldn't pay. That's what he says. But in the house, you pay for everything. According to the rabbis, according to the rabbi's understanding, why should, then shouldn't you be responsible to pay for these uh, vessels which people do place in the pile of grain because it's used in the field? These vessels are used for threshing, used for plowing. Anything that's exposed, that's it. Nothing is hidden. <coughs> but if you go on arsonist and you light a fire in your friend's house, you're liable for all the kalim, but only kalim which is to be expected, not kalim which is not to be expected. Because I, I, yes, I did damage, but I expected to pay for grain, kernels, not, not to pay for your wallet, the expensive wallet. I didn't think I burned a million dollars. I, I burned uh, some grain, okay, I'll pay you a few hundred dollars. <coughs> We'll stop over here. Everyone have a wonderful day.